I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to Emergency Episode 317 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. You already heard from us once today. We had a bunch of topics to talk about that, frankly, were not particularly timely, although uh, hopefully we'll see an end to violence between fans and players in the NBA sooner than later. But we had to get on and talk about emergency coaching news that, that came down the pipe uh, today breaking the kind of thing that, that we would have to get on and talk to you about. You'll note even that we are understaffed here. I am your host, Sam Klein. I've got Jason Evans here. Donald isn't even around. He's on an airplane right now, but we had to, we had to get this out of the way. Jason, I need to know who is going to be coaching Jason Tatum to his first NBA title. Now that Brad Stevens has been promoted into the front office out of being the head coach. <laughs> yeah, Sam, huge news. Really important. Wait, wait. This is, I don't think well, that's, the, hold on, that's hold not on. the coaching news we're here for, is it? Back it up. <laughs> I'm sure folks, I'm sure folks already know if you're if you're listening to the show, you must have seen it by now that uh, the the announcement is is forthcoming. It is not actually official from Duke yet, but the news out of all the credible national college basketball and, and basketball media outlets is that Mike Shashevsky is going to be retiring after the 2021-2022 season. He's been on the bench at Duke now for, it'll have been 43 years that he'll have been the, the Blue Devils head coach in Durham. That's, that's more than half of his life that he spent coaching in Durham. And man, what a, what a strange time in college basketball for, for a number of reasons. COVID, the changing uh, rules around, around 
the name, image, and likeness, all those things are changing. And in the midst of it, Coach K has decided, I suppose, that the time is now. We have speculated a ton on this show about what Coach K's retirement would look like, what it's going to mean for the program. And now we're here. We're obviously not going to be able to touch on every single aspect of this. But so I, I yes, guess- Yes, Sam, this, is, this will be the first of probably- a dozen podcasts a few of these, a few of these <laughs> about shows. Coach K's retirement. Yeah. I, I, I said to us, I said to the, to the three, there's going to be a lot of behind the scenes here as well, because there's a lot that the, the three of us have talked about in recent days and weeks about this particular speculation. So I'll share some of that with you, but just right off the bat, Jason Evans, give me your quick reaction to the news that coach K is retiring in a year. Uh, I mean, obviously the immediate reaction from any Duke fan is we're incredibly sad because we wanted this guy to be there forever. Um, he has been unbelievably successful. He's adapted to every change coming in the game. And, and I was actually really excited to see how he and Duke were going to react to some of the coming changes regarding the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness. I mean, the game is undergoing, we've been discussing it constantly for the, for the past year or so. The game is undergoing some real fundamental shifts uh, and I'm, I, I am absolutely confident that Coach K would have navigated those shifts expertly as he has every other one. We're not going to get a chance to see that. And that makes me sad. But on the other hand, I'm happy for one thing. Look, there's no way not to compare this to what happened at North Carolina with Roy Williams just a short time ago. There's no way not to go all the way back. Sam, it's probably before your time. But for me to go all the way back to when Dean Smith retired, um, again, in the summer before a basketball season. But in both of those cases... The guys retired, Dean Smith and Roy Williams retired without a final send-off moment. I am thrilled. As sad as I am that Coach K is retiring, I am thrilled that we are going to get a final season to, to celebrate him, to watch him doing what he has done better than anyone has ever done it. That, that is a gift to all of us. It is, and we are going to give a gift back to him as a result. And Sam, Coach K's final game in Cameron, will be against UNC. It is Duke's turn to host UNC in the last game of the season. It will be the last game of the season. We'll be hosting UNC. I can't even imagine what the energy, the emotion will be like. I can't imagine what the tickets will cost. <laughs> Coach K's be a lot. Yeah. Coach K's last game in Cameron against Carolina into the season and what I expect will be a very successful season for the Blue Devils. Ticket price. Get the your tickets after, now. <laughs> the year after Duke didn't have any fans at any of their games. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, so, I, I, I there, that, that's like a whole other aspect of this is like, right. Like I said, we got a dozen podcasts like, coming because <laughs> we, we have to, we have to talk about the, the, the predominant rumor that John Shire is going to be named coach in waiting as a result of this, that that's part of it. We have to talk about coach K's legacy. We have to talk about what this means for all the, the players and the coaches that are sort of in his orbit. We need to talk about what it means for college basketball. We need to talk about what it means on campus at Duke university, where there are, um, where there are so many changes happening in the athletic department and elsewhere and, and how this kind of ripples out to, to all sorts of other aspects of the university as a whole. Which one of those you but, want to tackle first? <laughs> and exactly, we have to do it all. And by the way, we need Donald to, to help yeah, us I with know. that. We're missing so, you, buddy. We're missing so you, all of, all of this is, is kind of coming down. I, I, I don't even really know where to start. Like Coach K has been obviously been the Duke coach my entire life, right? I, I was born in 1989. I don't remember a time without Coach K. I, at this point, it's possible that a would, would I be wrong to say that a majority of Duke fans don't remember a time before Coach K? Like if you, Sam, I'm I'm in my mid fifties. I was born in 1967. I, I, you must look, barely Duke, remember Duke. Duke exi look, Duke exi I, I I knew uh, of what Duke was, 
but I was, uh, by the time I had my bar mitzvah, Coach K was coaching Duke. <laughs> right. So, so basically so for my entire been... life, he's been coaching Duke as well. It, it, this is the only Duke that I've ever known. And I've been around a lot longer than you have. <laughs> and, and Duke has been, you know, if, if you've been a fan of the program for the last 10, 15 years, Duke has been celebrating Coach K as the greatest of all time. Like that's been part of the promotional material for the program for a long a time. part of a decade, at <laughs> least like, like there was a time, I think in the mid two thousands where, um, where a little bit of his shine came off. Duke stopped going to the final four for a few years and people sort of speculated like, Oh, there's all these changes coming to college basketball, you know, around 2007, 2008, 2009, JJ Reddick's not there anymore. Duke's never going to be back. And then Duke wins a title in 2010. Duke yeah, starts not quite. one and done like crazy. <laughs> Duke wins another title in 2015. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like, as you said, all he ever did was adapt and win and adapt and win. And that has been the story of coach K he's won championships in vastly different eras across a huge time span in college basketball. No one's kind of done it in so many different ways as he has. And once upon a time, Duke was a team that, that played a specific sort of offense and defense. And the way Duke has played both offensive defense the last few years is unrecognizable to, to Duke fans from the eighties and nineties. So his ability to adapt, his ability to connect with people, his ability to make differences on and off the court at, at Duke in Durham and, and, and around the world, not to, Oh my gosh, he was the USA basketball coach for goodness sake. Like there are so three many gold medals. aspects, three gold medals, yeah, three gold medals in the Olympics. Like there are so many aspects to his legacy that we can't even, we can't right. even no, start to I, unpack. I, I don't, we're not, we're not going to, we're, this is not the definitive. I, I will say, yeah. I will say this. I, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter actually just a few minutes ago before we started recording. One of the aspects of this, that's most interesting to me that I'm sure we'll talk about later is who was making the decision here? Because we talked, especially around when we interviewed Kevin White and Nina King, and, and even we talked about it with David Rubenstein a few weeks ago, that the decision to replace Coach K is going to be very interesting because Coach K has so much sort of power over things at the university. Like he basically gets his way in everything. So how much did he have a hand in Nina King getting promoted into the athletic director role? And how much was it his guidance that said that John Shire is, that one, that John Shire is getting the job, and that two, it's going down exactly like this, where, where he's going to be the coach in waiting for a year, where effectively Coach K and John Shire are going to be splitting the head coaching job this year. Like, it's basically like they're going to be running the program together as co-head coaches. Um, I, I'm very curious about all that. I'm sure there's going to be more reporting that comes out about it. The Athletics got a big write-up on it about the whole process, because it sounds like, at least this is what Brendan Marks tweeted, is that this has been kind of in the works for the last few weeks. So the players have kind of known, it sounds like the guys who were declaring for the draft or not declaring guys who were deciding on recruitment commitments, all of that was sort of with the basic understanding that this was coming and that they were all just sort of in the cone of silence about it. Yeah, and a key aspect of that, and Brendan Marks talked about this, is that there've been rumors about this for, for a while, for several months, that recruits have been asking about Coach K's long-term plans. And, and it's worth noting that that today, uh, yesterday, sorry, June 1st, was the, the first moment that Duke could begin reaching out to current high school juniors. Now, obviously, Duke's primary focus is on the, the rising seniors, the, the guys who just became seniors, um, the class of 2022. But the class of 2023 um, is also out there. Duke is just beginning to reach out to them. They're ju we're just starting to see coaches go back on the recruiting trail um, out to the AAU events and the such, which have begun happening again after being put on COVID pause. So, so yeah, if, 
if, if this was going to happen, there, there was, we're at a moment where, where people need to know about it. And, and if, if, as it appears, Duke has put John Shire in place as, as the coach in waiting to come next year, and Shire is an amazing recruiter, Duke needed to start getting the word of that out there so that recruits would know who's doing the recruiting on me and, and who am I going to actually play for. You know, the other aspect about John Shire, you know, moving into this role um, is that Duke needs to start looking, also thinking about at least a, a new assistant coach, because now it's a year off, but it's still something to think about. And, and I wonder if there, you know, I mean, Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith's going to be an assistant coach for the first time this coming year. Chris Carowell has been an assistant at Duke and Marquette since 2014, but, you know, not super experienced. I really wonder, you know, one of the things we're going to look at over the next few weeks or the such is, you know, will John Shire want a more authoritative and experienced voice joining the bench um, when he becomes the head coach? Uh, or would that be maybe a little threatening and undermine his role as the leader of the program? I'm, I'm really interested in seeing whether John Shire might be interested, you know, who he's going to be to go back. We need yeah. to go back and make a list of, of all the topics that are related to this so that we can <laughs> get them in successive shows. So we're going to leave it there for now. I have to, I have to get going and, and we need to save some of this conversation for Donald. So we will be back either later today or maybe tomorrow. Right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. And, and last word on this, a friend of mine, Jonathan Gans, I'll shout out Jonathan. Jonathan Gans sent me a text. This is the perfect text. This is the final word on this. Ready, Sam? Yeah. He said, I can think of no better place for a retirement party than New Orleans. I love it. I love that. Thank you, Jonathan Gans. Jason, I'll talk to you soon. Donald is going to hear this whenever he lands. So we'll talk to him soon. We'll be right back to talk all things Coach K retirement and presume John Shire replacement. But until then, this has been emergency episode 317. Wow. Of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Duke Band, take us home. Thank you, Goat. <laughs>